you want victory, you can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. Well, if you would please open your Bibles to John chapter 4. We're going to begin in verse 43. And before we do, I want to remind you of what came before in this chapter. The message last time we were in John 4, the main point then was, if you want to know whether Jesus really is the Savior, come and see. Now we're in John 4, beginning in verse 43, and reading through verse 54. This is God's Word. After the two days, he left for Galilee. Now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, for they also had been there. Once more, he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus replied, you may go, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, the fever left him yesterday at the seventh hour. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and all his household believed. This was the second miraculous sign that Jesus performed, having come from Judea to Galilee. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. Main point today, a wise person takes Jesus at his word. Now, we see that illustrated here, but we see it actually over and over and over in the Gospels. Miracles happen in the context of obedience. When people believe what he says and do what he says, God does amazing things. This story, you know, if, if I was making this stuff up, I would... I would 
tweak it for modern sensibilities. Okay? You, you have Jesus arriving in this area, and the people greet him enthusiastically, but he knows why. The reason is because they have seen the amazing wonders that he performed when everybody was in Jerusalem for Passover. They had seen that there. That's what it says. They welcomed him because they'd seen all that he'd done in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, for they also had been there. So it's like, oh great, the show continues. My favorite band is in town. I, I, I love it when Jesus does these miracles. But they weren't excited about who Jesus is. They weren't trusting in him, eager to do his will. They liked the show. They liked the miracles. And they were always looking for more. Just a little more. Folks, let me take just a moment to encourage you to go on the internet and visit the website of Wares Valley Ranch. It's a very easy address, just wvr.org. For over 20 years, the ranch has provided a loving home environment for children who have a problem that they did not create. It may be a health crisis on the part of a parent or even the death of a parent. Often, it's the death of a marriage, leaving a single parent who's struggling to care for the children while working one or more jobs in order to provide for their support. Sometimes, it's a parent who struggles with alcohol or drug addiction, or even a case where one or both parents are in prison. But these children are not the problem. They're not delinquents. They're simply caught in a difficult circumstance. I hope you'll help us provide these little ones with the opportunity for hope and healing in a Christ-centered environment. Please visit wvr.org in order to learn more. And in order to help. That's wvr.org. To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown Where Jesus is And is holding out his hand These people welcomed Jesus. But Jesus was not impressed with their welcome. Now, one of the people who was there, or who came there, a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum, came to Jesus in Cana in Galilee, and when he heard that he'd arrived there, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. And Jesus said to him, Unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you will not believe. You're never going to believe. You're always looking for more signs and wonders. What would it take to convince you? So, the man turned and said, well, okay, never mind. No. He continued to beg Jesus. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. How urgent is this need? How serious is this problem? This is his beloved son, and his son is dying 
He's near death. And Jesus replied, you may go. Your son will live. And the man took Jesus at his word and departed. Now, see, I would, have, I, I would have fixed this. Okay, First of all, I don't, I don't like the fact that Jesus responded to the father that way. You know? I mean, here the father has a son who's nearly dead, and he's traveled to see Jesus because clearly he has confidence that Jesus can do something. And so I, I would have been enthused, you know. I would have said, you know, here's an example of faith, folks. But what did that man want? Did he want to know the Messiah? Did he come and say, you know, I believe you are the Christ. What would you have me do? No, he is focused on what he wants from God. And Jesus did what he wanted. He did what this man wanted. But the sad thing is, most of us, when we come to the Lord in prayer, are more concerned about getting what we want from God on that occasion than we are about just drawing close to God. That's why it often takes hardship and difficulty in order to get us to pray. It's an old thing that appears before the internet even. This was a meme. Okay. It says, as long as they have tests in school, there will always be prayer in school. Because the idea is, when we're facing a challenge, all of a sudden we get religious. Suddenly we want to talk to God. But what God wants is not just for us to pop in when we've got a problem. God desires a loving relationship with us. Believe it or not, He loves you. He loves you. Have you ever wanted just to hang out with God? Just to spend time with Him? As a pastor, I have to be careful that when I go to the Scriptures, I'm not just looking for the next sermon, okay? Okay, got it. Got the points there. Okay, good, thank you. Close the book. It's important for my relationship with the Lord that I go to the scriptures and say, Lord, what, what would you say to me this day? How can I know you better? I want to honor you. I... I over the years have developed an ongoing conversation with God, I'm grateful to say. And so, I mean, if I'm driving in the car, sometimes the radio is on, but most of the time it's not, because I just want to be able to have a conversation with the Lord. You know why? Because I love Him. I love Him. And the reason I love Him is because He first loved me. That's what I want for you. I want you to know him and love him, resting in the fact that he loves you. Jesus met this man's need. He gave him what he asked for. Jesus said to him, you may go. 
Jesus didn't say, well, I'll go with you. I'll stop what I'm doing here and I'll, I'll go with you. He, he said, you may go. The guy just came on behalf of his son. That's why he was there. Jesus says, you may go. Your son will live. And so as the guy is on his way home, hoping that he's going to have a good result when he gets there, he doesn't even make it home before his servants come to bring him the good news. Things have turned around. Your son is alive. He made it. So his dad asked, so when, when did the circumstances change? What happened? And he said it was the seventh hour yesterday. This is a long journey. It's the seventh hour yesterday. And the father thought, and he realized, that's right when I was talking to Jesus. I traveled all that way to get to him, and when I got there and I spoke to him, he said, you can go. That was the seventh hour yesterday. And so he and all his household believed. Now let me ask you, how many of you have seen that, that boy who was healed on YouTube? Okay, You haven't? I haven't either. He's not on. He died a long time ago. I thought he was healed. He was. He was. But he still died eventually. Just like I will. Just like you will. This life is temporary. If you experience perfect health, you're still going to die. I saw a note yesterday from one of our former students, who's a sweet Christian young lady. And she's been having serious health problems. And um, she had just had another episode with her heart. And this is life-threatening heart problems. And she posted a video clip from a series about the life of Jesus in which Jesus is telling James the Lesser, one of the disciples, that the reason God wasn't healing him, and this is not something that's in the Bible, this is something that is biblical fiction, let's say, saying to James the Lesser, the reason I'm not going to heal you is because you, with your physical challenge, will have a greater impact than those who experience physical healings. And she said, along with that clip, watching this was really powerful for me because she said, it reminded me of who I am and the fact that God has a purpose for my life. Let me tell you something. God has a purpose for your life. One of the most influential people, as far as impact on the church and society, in the last 30 years, is Johnny Erickson Tata. And Johnny has had an impact as a quadriplegic 
that she never would have had if she wasn't a quadriplegic. If she had been healed, which God is certainly capable of doing, then it would be a wonderful testimony, and you wouldn't remember her. (laughs) But because, as a quadriplegic, she has traveled the world bringing hope and encouragement and blessing and wheelchairs and awareness and love, she's had an impact that's going to go on for generations. I've told you before about Nick, the fellow who has no limbs. He's not a quadriplegic. A quadriplegic can't move their arms and legs. Nick is a guy who doesn't have arms and legs. And he's preached to countless people all around the world. All around the world. Nick goes into prisons. He goes into all kinds of difficult places and shares the love of Jesus and has prayed for lots of people to be healed who've been healed. I mean, we're talking miraculous healings in response to prayer. Prayer offered by a guy who has no arms and legs? Come on! Yeah. Because we look at this and say, isn't that amazing? Jesus healed that man's son. But that was a temporary gift. When they realized what had happened, and they put their faith and trust in Jesus, that is lasting. That is eternal. That makes a difference that doesn't go away. When I was a teenager, I had a bad, bad, bad strep infection. And I mean, it was miserable. I was running a fairly high fever, and uh, I could not breathe through my nose, and I had a bad bronchial uh, cough, and uh, as far as I know, I didn't have pneumonia, but I was definitely, I'd been to the doctor, I had strep, I was sick, it was bad, 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 miserable. I got up out of bed and I went to a prayer meeting at a friend's house. The friend was a former missionary to Mexico. And uh, this guy would typically, after a time of worship in his home, yes, I went with strep to a place where there were other people, okay? Forgive me, I was in high school. But <clears throat> I, uh, I'm sitting there, and after a time of worship, he would say, does anybody have a prayer request? And then he'd pray various people's requests. And this person had a prayer request, and he prayed for that. This person had a prayer request, and he prayed for that. When he got to me, I said, yes, I've got a a bad infection. And he jumped up out of his seat and came over and put his hands on my head, and I felt like I'd been hooked up to jumper cables. Okay? I mean, it was like electricity. But all of a sudden, 
I mean, instantly, I could breathe through my nose. And my throat, which had been swollen and sore, I mean, you could feel the swollen glands on the outside. They were not swollen anymore. And my throat wasn't sore anymore. And my breathing in my chest was completely clear. I was symptom-free. And when I got home, there was no fever, and it didn't come back. I was healed instantaneously. And I asked him later, why did you do that? You know, I mean, you didn't lay hands on anybody else. He said, the Lord told me to. You know, that's how Jesus did this stuff? You say, well, no, I mean, Jesus did this because he's the Son of God. Yes, but Jesus said, I only do what the Father tells me to do, and I only say what the Father tells me to say. And if that is true of Jesus, shouldn't that be true of us? You see, that fellow prayed for me the way he did and with the power and authority that he had because he was doing what the Lord told him to do. And in this passage... The wisdom that is shown by a human recipient of blessing is the wisdom of the fellow who took Jesus at his word. He took him at his word. That just means he believes what Jesus said. Do you? Do you believe what Jesus says? Because it's true. It's true whether you believe it or not. It doesn't become true if you believe it. This is not Peter Pan. If we all say, I believe, I believe, I believe, then Tinkerbell comes back. This is not make-believe. This is reality. God's word is true whether anybody believes it or not. During our emphasis on the Reformation, the first of the solas is the Word of God. The Scripture. God spoke the universe into being, and when He sent the Savior, the Word became flesh and lived among us. So, The great need is not for your son to be healed. The great need is this whole family coming to believe in Jesus. This was the second miraculous sign that Jesus performed. Well, I thought he'd done a bunch of wonders in Jerusalem. He did. But John's talking about a list of miraculous signs, each with their own special significance that he's going to share in his gospel. And in John 20, verses 30 and 31, and then in John 21, verse 25, he's going to talk about the fact that Jesus did many, many other miraculous signs. In fact, he did so many miracles that if they were all written down, the world couldn't contain the books. Jesus did miracles all over the place. All kinds of things that aren't even recorded in Scripture. But these are written so that you would be wowed. No, 
These are written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and that believing you might have life in his name. The purpose of John's gospel, he's very explicit about. He wants you to trust Jesus. That's what it all comes down to. Take him at his word. Put your trust in him. Rely upon him as the only one who can save you. Because if you know Jesus, you have everything you need. So, a wise person does what this man did. A wise person takes Jesus at his word. I hope you will. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.